Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Jeremy Cook. I uh, have, a, uh, have a number of jobs in the vineyard. Um, I'm trying to get less than I did have, but it's still plenty. But one of my jobs is I'm part of the Vineyard Leadership Group, and it's my joy and privilege to introduce Mark to you. Um, there are people in the vineyard that have... Um, have but have done things and given us tools that have become the warp and weft of who we are. I mean, you, if for any of you who've been around as long as I have, you know, when Steve Shogren came up with his whole servant evangelism stuff, um, it was just it was just revolutionary, and he became just part of the part of the toolbox of the vineyard. Well, this gentleman here is a legend in his own lifetime, and with his healing on the streets and a miracle question, has become part of that toolbox and so we're absolutely thrilled to have him here and um, I hope he's going to take you all onto the streets and come back with some wonderful stories. Mark, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Um, some of you right now may, may be in shock as you just heard that you were going out onto the streets. <laughs> well, don't, don't panic. I know some of you are already panicking in the thought of going out onto the streets. Um, you know, I have the privilege of uh, leading a pioneering ministry called Healing on the Streets. And, and now since 2000, and since 2014, well, that's since, uh, that was since 2005, it was nearly 13 years ago. And the miracle question since 2014, but they, they dovetail so well together. And um, you can find the resources for, for both ministries and the, the miracle question which I'm about to teach you uh, that is on DVD as well and you can find it on healingonthestreets.com so there's resources that you can find there and uh, I did write a book about um, uh, healing on the streets which which has a lot of uh, I think some insight and some useful teaching on identity authority and the purpose of of the mission of what we're doing what we're called to do because this, what I'm about to teach you, is called the miracle question. And if you have a problem with God doing miracles, then you can have a problem straight away. Because, you know, we're going to go out onto the streets and we're going to go out, you know, uh, after uh, this teaching and we're going to put it into practice out on the streets. We're going to take some trams and, you know, um, sorry, it's Luke, Ben, sorry. Ben is going to, will share about exactly what we're doing at the end. Um, but, but later on, we will be on the streets and we're going to be praying for people in the, in the centre of Nottingham and seeing God doing amazing things. Now, for some of you, there may almost be fear rising up and you're thinking of all the excuses why you shouldn't be going out there. Well, I, let, me, let me just um, allay your fears as much as I can. I, I'm actually, I'm an introvert, and I'm a shy introvert. How many introverts in this room? Please put your hands up. My goodness, just look around, okay? Look, you're in good company. All the introverts are in good company. I know exactly what it's like. God showed me what it's like to, um, so I'm an evangelist, so, so I, uh, it should be my job to be able to go over and, and share Jesus with people on the streets. And that's what I've been doing for many, many years, 29 years, plus signs and wonders on the streets is what, what God has called me to. But, um, you know, in 2014, um, the Lord began to teach me this model 
And it's only a tool, okay? But while he did it, he was showing me how difficult it is for many of us to, uh, to do this kind of thing outside the building. And I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but when this thing happened, I mean, it should be natural for me. I know I, I said to God, God, if you made a mistake calling me an introvert <laughs> and a shy introvert to, uh, to work as an evangelist. And, you know, what I've discovered is God is, God is really smart. He, ha he hasn't made a mistake. But personally, I have to um, lay my introversion and my shyness on the altar. And I have to nail it there every time I come up to the front or go out to the street. It's not easy for me. Right. I wish I could say it was natural. It is not natural. My, my natural instinct would be to, to be at the very back, okay? Not to be out. But when I do this, and, and not in my strength, but in his, anything and everything is possible. Okay, so you, you have to lay your shyness, your fears down, summon courage, and say, today I will go out and I will do this. But this is what the Lord was teaching me. So for many, many years, I've been doing stuff on the streets, seeing signs and wonders and the most incredible things. I wish I had time to tell you, I don't. But in 2014, it was almost as if I was a beginner, an absolute beginner. And I began to approach people. And this wasn't the healing on the streets model that I've been doing since 2005. This is literally approaching complete strangers, um, asking to pray for them and sharing the gospel with them. And what happened was, as I began to walk across to people, it was like I was dying inside. I dubbed it the walk of death. Right. I dubbed it the walk of death. So. I said, oh, I've got to go and that, I know, God, you're prompting me, Holy Spirit. I want to go and speak to so I'm walking. And every step is like, you could hear the drum roll, walk of death. And then I went to open my mouth to speak. But the words that came out, came out back to front. You know? I'm sure it doesn't happen with anyone else here. You know, you want to say something. You know what you want to say. But actually, when you open your mouth to speak... And I'm going, Lord, what, what, what is going on here? What is going on? I've been like, doing this stuff for, like, for donkey's years. Why, why am I feeling this is awful? And just in a nutshell, all I can say is this. The Lord spoke to me very clearly. He says, Mark, I'm teaching you. I want to teach you what it's like for people who you send out with evangelists will go, OK, you go and speak to that group of people. Either. You go and do this. You go and do that. Without ever knowing what most of us feel like. Most people within the church, and we want to equip our church, we want to equip the church to go out to wherever we go, to do life, to be able to naturally, supernaturally share Jesus, the love of God, and see, God loves to answer prayer, but to do it in a very, very natural way. But I want, he was teaching me so that I could know what it is like for most of us to begin to do something which may seem kind of unnatural. You know, when, when we have a group of people like this, and if I was to say to you, okay, guys, I want to teach you today how to walk on water, there will be the few of us that will go, come on, we're walking on water. But the majority will go, whoa, all 
all right? So I know what it's like. So I, I can identify exactly what's going on inside. And the very thought of going out, so your heart's going to be beating fast. There's going to be, you know, really? I mean, I don't know what, I don't know how I'm going to do, what do I do? You know, this is like way beyond what I'm, my ability. But I want to assure you that if you, if you will do this step by step, you will learn. The Holy Spirit will teach you. And all those barriers that are in your way, we can remove them one by one. And then you can begin to relax. And so the miracle question is a lot like driving a car. How many of you can drive? Okay, most of us. How many of you remember your first driving lesson? And can I ask you, when you got into the car, was it like, and you know, your instructor told you to start the engine and to drive off, it was like perfect. And it was like, and you were driving and you were comfortable. You know, can you remember you th- you're trying to, you know, multitask and you're thinking about all those controls and the mirrors and what does this do? You know, these three pedals and, and the gear, the, the gear lever. What, what does all this do? And it's, you're having to multitask and then you have to, you know, actually get the engine going and you have to drive off in the right gear and stay on the road <laughs> and look where you're going. And it's like, do you remember when you kangarooed the car and it was going... And how about stalling the car on a hill? Can you remember the feeling of panic that was rising as the cars began to roll back? Okay, well, the, the miracle question is only a tool, right? And, but it's very much like driving a car. So the miracle question is like the markings on the road to keep you on track. The gospel, which is the power of God for the salvation of anyone and everyone who believes, is the vehicle. And the Holy Spirit is the one who will guide us around any obstacles, okay? And the Lord was showing me just some some simple questions to ask, to engage people in conversation. You can do this absolutely anywhere. And I want you to memorize them. So it's like driving the car. Well, what does this do? Right, I'll give you, I'll just give you the three questions. And so I want you to memorize them really quick. So as quick as you can. Okay, so um, the first question is a real tough one. And it's, excuse me, may I ask you a question? All right, now how difficult is that? Has anyone ever been, uh, you know, you, you're going somewhere and you need directions because you're lost? And you're, you're asking someone for directions. Can anyone identify asking for directions? Okay, good, good. Well, it's like that except, you know, you're not lost. Hopefully you're not lost, but um, you're going to help someone who doesn't know Jesus, help them uh, to encounter him and uh, just to see how just beautiful he is. Um, and, of course, that, that question is asked in a way of, so uh, like you're going to ask someone for directions in a friendly way. So whatever you do, don't, don't approach someone and look intimidating or scary. Don't jump at them. Approach them gently with a smile on your face. And the second question is, if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you ask him to do for you? If God could do one miracle in your life, what would you ask him to do for you? Or you could paraphrase that. You could say... um, If you could ask God to 
to answer one prayer for you right now, what would your prayer be? Or if God could help you in some way today, what would you ask him? Okay? So that's the second question. And the third question is, what do you think is the greatest miracle God could ever do for you? What is the greatest miracle? So you ask him, if, if God could do one miracle for you, what, do you, what would you ask him to do for you? And then you could ask, well, what do you think is the greatest miracle he could ever do for you? So we need to memorize those questions. And it may seem a little bit awkward, but it's going to help you. And when I little gave me the, the, uh, the first... Because I, I, I wanted to know, how do I engage someone in conversation and begin a conversation? So the first, the first one, excuse me, may I ask a question, is, is designed so that you want someone who is willing to stop or has time to stop. Now, they, when you ask that question to a complete stranger, okay, there's a number of ways you can do that. You can either stay in one spot and ask the question, find a fishing post, which I like to do, where, and... and, and Place yourself where there's lots of people going by where you're standing. And anyone that goes by near you, you can just step forward and ask them, excuse me, can I ask you a question? So you'll, or you can wander around and find someone who you feel like God is leading you to and go and ask them the question. But you want to find someone who is willing to stop or has time to stop and speak to you. Now, they may not stop to speak to you, they may not want to speak to you because either they're in a hurry, they have someone to meet, they have an appointment, or they may not like the look of you, which is okay as well. Right? The other thing, the other response you may get when you ask the question is they're pretending to be deaf, which you get as well. <laughs> so you ask the question and they just keep looking forward and keep walking. You know they've heard you, but they completely ignore you. Now you mustn't take offense to all of these. You know, to any kind of reaction you, you may get, do not take offense. All right, so when God was speaking to Joshua, he said three times, be strong and courageous. And he said, be strong and very courageous. And he said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Okay, there's a reason for it. Because the enemy wants to discourage you, and the discouragement will come. But you have to make a decision not to be discouraged, not to allow discouragement to rest on you. If you make those decisions before you step out, it makes life a lot easier. Right? You're looking for people who are open and willing to speak to you. And remember that you know, we, the Bible says that, we are, that through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. To the one who is perishing you with the smell of death. Now, if you smell something that's so bad that you want to run from it, okay, so you, you get that kind of reaction on the streets. And also, but to the other who is being saved, you are the fragrance of life. So you, there will be people who are being drawn by what you're carrying, by who you're representing. To, you know. So look for those ones who are being drawn. You'll see them, and they'll stop, and you'll get, you can engage in conversation. So they'll stop and say, yeah, what is it? If someone, if you ask a question and someone is walking by and I just, I ask them the question and they stop, then I'll, I'll ask them the second question. If I, I say, excuse me, 
could ask a question and they continue walking and they're going, yeah, what is it? But they're walking. I say, hey, it's okay. I can see you in a hurry and let them go because they know they're not going to stop even if you ask the second question. So if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you ask him to do for you? Or if God could answer one prayer for you personally, if he could answer one prayer for you or if he could help you, Right now, what would you ask me to do for you? So you're looking for an area of that person's life where you can pray and show the kindness of God. And it could be for anything. It could be for healing, and it may not be. It could be work-related. They may be concerned about their job. They may have, been, may have problems at work or problems at home. It could be a relational thing. I asked one, one man, uh, we asked this man, you know, if, if God could do one miracle for you right now, what would it be? He said, that's easy. He said, four months ago, I had a disagreement with my daughter. She walked out of the house and we haven't seen her since. And I, d I have no way of contacting her. And, you know, I'm really concerned for her. And if there's anything that God could do for me right now, would be to bring my daughter back. I said, okay, let's pray. Can we pray? Can I just say a quick prayer? He went, absolutely. So I began to pray. And when you pray, you've got to pray from the bottom of your heart. You've got to pray a prayer that you believe that God is going to answer this prayer. And, but within that prayer, when I first start to pray, I pray God's love. I pray God's love of how God sees him and God's love towards that man and God's love towards his daughter. And I always weave in before I begin to to pray and, and uh, pray the prayer of faith for whatever is being asked, the first thing I do is I tell them about God's love. In, I weave that in my prayer. God loves you with all of his heart. You're so precious to him and he loves your daughter. And then I began to pray for their relationship and that God would reunite them. And as I'm praying, and what you need to do and learn to do as, you, as you're praying um, with your whole heart, and it has to be your best prayer. So, you know, I use, when I say your best prayer, it's a prayer that comes from the bottom of your heart, connected to the person who you're lifting up to God. And I'm praying my best prayer for that person. And as I'm doing that, and by the way, your eyes are always open. Keep your Don't close your eyes when you pray on the streets. You have to learn to do this. It may be difficult. It's like driving the car for the first time. This is maybe a new skill. But keep your eyes open. Right. I don't I don't normally lay hands on a person I'm praying for on the streets. It could be it could look like just two people having a conversation. If I feel it's necessary to lay hands on them, I would always ask permission. Okay, but most of the time it's like two people having a conversation. I'm looking and I'm praying my best prayer from the bottom of my heart. And I'm believing that God is is listening to this prayer, that Jesus loves to answer prayer because it brings glory to the Father. But as I'm praying this prayer, I'm listening on another level. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit who wants to help you. And I'm asking for God to speak into this situation. As I'm praying for this man, I feel I hear the Lord speak. And I stopped and I said, hey, you know, I am learning how to listen to God more. And, I, and as I was praying for you just then, I felt that he was speaking to me. Could I share this with you? He says, yeah, if I'm wrong, please forgive me. But I really felt that, that Jesus, as I was praying for you, that Jesus was saying that by, 
by the end, before the end, not by the end, before the end of next week, you will be reunited with your daughter. And he looked at me and he said, Dana, that's really significant for me because next weekend is my daughter's birthday. And I've been saying to myself, I really wish I could see her, I could be connected with her before next, before next weekend. I said, okay, let's pray. So, so, now, so now I'm praying, oh Lord. Inside I'm going, oh Lord, help. You know, you've got to answer this prayer. And I pray my best prayer. Pray what I, you know, and in be, I pray into being that, that, that her, uh, his daughter will, you know, there'll, there'll be reconciliation, there'll be forgiveness. Whatever went on bef- between them, there'll be healing, reconciliation, forgiveness, that the Holy Spirit would lead them. And so I prayed that on a Saturday. And on the Monday, I received an email who, for someone who was connected with this man, say, Mark, just heard some amazing news. That man we prayed for on Saturday, this morning his daughter contacted him and they're meeting up midweek. So God answered that prayer and that man gave his heart to Jesus because of it. Right, so God, God loves to answer prayer. But you've got to pray your best prayer and believe and, re- and uh, release that prayer and let faith, let faith soar and that, allow that prayer to, to soar to God all right, and believe whatever it is, even though you may not see the results of the prayer straight away. But don't worry. In praying, you reveal, in finding some area where you can pray for, for that person, you're revealing the love of God and the heart of God to that person. All right, you're showing his, his heart. God loves that person so much. He's concerned of that person's life. And you're revealing his heart. And while you're praying, the kingdom of God can come. And many, many times, it's like a sacred moment. I see the kingdom come and the Holy Spirit begin to descend. And suddenly, this person is, becomes aware of God's presence. So, I, so one, I'm listening I'm praying, I'm listening for, to this person who's in front of me. In, inside of me, I'm lifting them up to God. And I'm listening, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, show me something about them. Because all the gifts of the Spirit can flow in this moment. And this is where the Holy Spirit wants to help you. And, and also I'm saying, Holy Spirit, would you come? Let the presence and the power of God and the kingdom of God rest right now. Because I want them to experience the kingdom and to encounter the king. You know, when I, I love that passage of scripture in, in Acts chapter 8, where it says that Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And it says, and when the people heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs that he did, they all paid close attention to what he had to say. He says, with, with shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many cripples and paralytics were healed, and there was great joy in the city. So what I believe is that when the power of God and the kingdom of God comes, and people see and experience God's love, they are more inclined to listen to what you have to say when you begin to introduce Jesus to them and begin to share the gospel, which is the power of God for the salvation of anyone and everyone who believes. So, what I, so the first thing I do when I ask a question, is there something that God could do for you? If is, is there a miracle that you're needing right now? Is there some way that um, if God could answer one prayer for you, and if they say something, you know, they're taking away from themselves like world peace or the cure for cancer, I bring it back to, so that's personal for them. If God could do something for you personally, you know, and then find a way 
of, uh, of just praying your best prayer, whatever that can be. And it could be a simple prayer. So I'm looking for something. It may be that they don't have something to give you, either because they've not thought about it. Well, I, that's, that's quite a big question. I haven't thought about that. Or it may be they have something, but they're not telling you. They don't want to tell you. They, there's something that's going on in their life. And you're a complete stranger. They don't want to share it with you. That's fine. But you've asked the question. So I go straight to the next, the third question. What do you think is the greatest miracle God could ever do for you then? And sometimes that brings up, if they haven't given you something to pray for, that would bring up an area where you could, where you could then pray for them. Oh, well, that's, that's easy. My mother's in hospital right now. She has cancer. Really? I, I'm really sorry to hear that. Um, could I just pray for your mum? Just quickly? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, what, what's your mum's name? Find it a little bit and then pray your best heartfelt prayer. Praying, praying and believing a God who is able to heal cancer, disease, and anything that someone would present you with, that he is a God of the miraculous. So you've got to pray with faith, okay, and believe. And let that person hear that you believe what you're praying, okay? So you're going to pray some big prayers that are beyond you. But only God needs a miracle from God, okay? So... And then I would say, so after that, I would say, can I, after praying, I would then say to him, can I just share with you what I believe is the greatest miracle that God could ever do for you? Yeah, what is it? Actually, you know, I believe he's already done it, and it's in the form of a gift. But it's a very precious and it's a costly gift. And the free gift of God for you is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Have you ever received the free gift of eternal life? Because you know, you know that salvation is a free gift, don't you? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Through this uh, faith that we've been saved through grace, this is through this grace that we've been saved through faith. This is not of ourselves; it is the gift of God, so no one sh should boast. And of course, when Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, and you know they're having a discussion about water. You remember that beautiful encounter, and um, Jesus asking the Samaritan woman for, for water. Then they have this little discussion. Then he said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that's speaking to you, you'd have asked him. And he would have given you living water. This water springs up into eternal life. So we want to find out whether or not they have ever received the gifts of eternal life. It brings up a whole lot of questions. Do you understand what I, what I mean by that? You mean when I die? Yes, the moment you take your last breath on this earth, not wanting to be morbid, I hope you have a very long and, and healthy life, but when you take your last breath on this earth, do you know that you will be with, with God in heaven? And I begin to explain that heaven is totally unpolluted, you know, that it's a beautiful place. There's no sickness, no disease, no pain. I begin to describe the relationship with God, and I was... And I, and I find, have you, do you have that? Have you ever received that gift? Do you have that assurance? And when they say no, then I begin to share the gospel. This is just a, an, an introduction, a way of introducing the gospel to a person who may never have heard, of, heard the gospel before. And I would say, I've got some great news for you. And this is really simple, in a nutshell, this is what it is. You know, God loves you so much. 
You're so precious to him. He cares for you for, with all of his heart. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus to purchase this gift. And the reason why it's a precious and it's a costly gift is because he had to give up everything in order for you to, to, to buy this gift for you. He had to buy it with his blood. He had to die on a cross. And he died on the cross for our brokenness, our shame, our guilt. And he did this in order to bring us to God. Because God loves us so much. He died to take up the pollution that the Bible calls sin. Because heaven is totally unpolluted. And, he can, and God cannot allow one drop of pollution into heaven because it would pollute the whole of heaven. And because he wants you to spend the whole of eternity with him, he did this. And, and more than just having, uh, you know, spending eternity in heaven, he wants a relationship with you now. And so Jesus now is able to present this gift to you. And the Bible says this, that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. And if anyone doesn't matter what your background is, hears his voice and opens the door, he will come in and eat with them and then, and he says, and, and him with me. So it's about relationship. Eating is a relational thing and Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and he wants a relationship with you, not just to give you the gift of eternal life, to forgive you for all the things that prevent you from having, you know, to spending eternity, eternity with him, but he wants a relationship with you. And I begin to share in a very simple way the gospel. And this is the most difficult place. Do you know there is a battle going on when you begin? This is where you're going to find the hardest thing to do is to share this gospel message in this way. There is a battle. The gospel is the power of God for the salvation of anyone and everyone who believes. So you will feel it, but despite that, you will understand there is a battle going on and everything inside of you is, is not wanting you to share this, but you've got to overcome that. You've got to learn to overcome it and begin to share. And then, and then Satan, Jesus is here right now. He stands at the door of your heart and he's knocking. He says, will you open the door and invite him in? If he was here right now, if he was standing here right now, knocking on the door of your heart, would you open the door of your heart and invite him in? And... You know, if they would agree to that, I would say, listen, I would, I would love to uh, pray for you to help you take that first step into relationship with God. Could I do that? And then I would lead them step by step, line by line, in a simple prayer, inviting Jesus to come into life. And then I would pray for them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So in 2014, I began to do this, and I began to, um, you know, the first thing I did was to just simply ask, if God could do one miracle in your life, what would you ask him to do for you? And then I just began to pray for everyone. And it was, like, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was every single person that I asked that question to and allowed me to pray for them. They were encountering God in such a powerful way. God loves to answer prayer. People being healed. One, one woman I prayed for uh, I saw her coming down the road. Uh, her name is Ruth. She was in terrible pain. Her, she was walking incredibly slowly towards me, towards my fishing post where I was standing. She was wincing with every step. I thought it's going to take a long time for her to get here, but I'm, I'm patient. You know, I'm a patient fisherman. 
I'll wait for it to come. She was with a, a nine-year-old daughter who was trying to help her along. She was on a crutch in a lot of pain. She eventually came a little bit closer and I approached her and I said, said to her, I mean, it's pretty obvious what she needed because she was on a crutch. Her foot was bandaged. I said, hi, excuse me, could I ask you a question? You went, yes, what is it? I said, if God could do one miracle for you right now, what would you ask him to do for you? And her daughter said, mum, your foot, your foot. <laughs> but I didn't look at her foot, I was just looking at her. And she looked, she, she looked back at me, she stared into my eyes, she said, I would ask God to keep my children, my boys, out of prison and out of trouble. I said, hey, that's, a, that's a great thing to ask. Could I, could I just pray for your, for your family? She went, yes. So I prayed a heartfelt prayer. I prayed that I would have prayed for my own three sons. Okay, so you could have just... I prayed from my heart. It so moved her. She said, thank you so much. God really touched her. Then I said to her, well, and if God could do anything else <laughs> for you, begin, what, what would you ask? And her daughter was going, mum, your foot, your foot. <laughs> and so I said, oh, what happened to your foot? Now I looked. What? And she explained that at St. Patrick's Day, she was really drunk. She got really drunk. She fell over and she fractured the heel of her foot. And she was in so much agony that she shouldn't be walking, but she was in so much agony, she just she felt like bursting into tears. I said, could I just, would you mind if I just pray for you that Jesus would heal you? She went, okay. She wasn't quite sure what was about to happen. I said, would you mind if I just gently put my hands on your foot? She went, okay. So her daughter went, this is a bit weird. You know? <laughs> but in the middle of cold rain, uh, outside the town hall, I knelt down and I gently put my hands on top of her foot. And I took authority over the fracture in her heel. I commanded the bone to knit together in the name of Jesus. The second, I, the second I took my hands away, she swore out loud. I mean, the air went blue, right? Reverberated around the town. And everyone's going, what's going on? She looked at her daughter. She said, the pain's gone. I, I said, the pain's gone? She went, yes. I, I leant forward. I took away her crutch. She said, take a step forward. She took one step forward. She swore out. I mean, the air went blue, which is a very natural reaction sometimes for people who don't know Jesus and they've just experienced a miracle. And she began to tell everyone within earshot that Jesus had healed her. So, um, so then I, I went into the third question and I began to share that question. Can I just ask you another question? What do you think would be the greatest miracle God could ever do for you apart from taking care of your children? And, and, um, and I prayed that her children would be saved. God would prevent them from going to prison and, and healing your foot. And she... She wasn't sure. I said, can I share with you? And I began to share the gospel with her. I said, I believe God's already done it for you. It's a form of a gift. I began to share that with her. I said, Jesus is here right now, standing at the door of your heart. Would you open it and invite him in? And she went, yes. So I began to lead her to Jesus. And then I said to her afterwards, would you mind if I videoed your, your story to help encourage other people? And I don't do this all the time, but I just have, someone just gave me a little flip camera, so I sort of decided to use it. As I was videoing her story, Scott, who um, an associate evangelist at the time, was now leading her daughter to Jesus in answer to her first prayer. A few months later, her son, Ryan, who 
the solicitor had told him, because he was in trouble with the police, that he was going to prison. He said, I'm really sorry, Ryan, but reading the, the last time you were up before this judge, he said, if I see you up here again, uh, I won't be so lenient, you'll be going to prison. And I, I'm really sorry, I think you're gonna go to prison. But what happened, we prayed for, for Ryan because he, be, he was so, such a radical transformation as he had opened his heart up to Jesus and received Jesus. He was telling all his friends about Jesus. And this was reported in the newspapers as, he, as Ryan went before the judge and he looked at the reports because he was on bail and all the different reports for the different things that was going on in his life were put before the judge and the judge looked at it and he said, I have never seen such transformational change in an individual as I have with this young man. And he said, Ryan, I'm not going to send you to prison. I'm going to give you 100 days community service to be spent in the cause of the Coast Vineyard. <laughs> and his story is a miracle. An answer to the prayer of a mother's heart. And Ryan is now on our staff. Doing the most incredible things of Alpha, prison ministries. So many people have come to faith through him. God loves, who knows what will happen when you pray your best prayer. <laughs> okay, just look on our website, look for Ryan, you'll find out all about it. He's a great guy. So, we're okay for time still. I've got to teach you this, how to do this. I'm going to do it. So, and, and, it's so, and you can lead people to Jesus anyway. If you've got these questions, it's just an opening. One, you want to pray. You want to show God's heart and God's love towards people. And then you want to share the gospel with them. All right? These are things. There is a pressure to stop you from doing this. But if you can learn to overcome it. And um, you, will, you will have so many opportunities. You will find so many opportunities to pray. And you'll be getting incredible answers to prayer, which the person you're praying for is being blown away because God's answering that prayer. Not only that, they are experiencing the presence of God. And the gifts, and if the gifts of the Spirit are flowing, which they do if you, if you begin to listen to the Holy Spirit, amazing things will happen. Amazing things will happen. And here's one, I'll tell you one, one more story and then we'll, we'll, we'll put this into practice, okay? We'll, we'll practice on each other quickly, some do a little bit of a workshop before we go out. So I went onto the streets and I saw two, this is Coleraine, and I see this man and a woman walking towards me. I don't know their relationships. So I stop and say, excuse me, can I ask you a question? I stop, yes. As I asked the question, if God could do a miracle for you right now, what would you ask him to do for you? And so what I, the information I got back was, this is a brother and a sister. The brother believes in God, but doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. So that's what came out of this. But the sister was an atheist, and she was angry with me. Have you ever met an angry, an angry atheist? Okay, she was really angry with me. And, um, and I've got to be honest, in the past, if I ever met someone like that on the streets when I'm, I'm, I want to share Jesus, I would, I would just go, okay, this is, we're not going to get anywhere here. Let's move on, right? It's an easy option. Let's just move on from here. But what I saw, what, how God had changed my heart was how much Jesus loved this woman. 
And I could see that what was coming out of her mouth, because she was firing so many angry questions at me that it was impossible to answer those questions. And even if I attempted to answer them, she would have fired off another 10. <laughs> you know, and she wasn't listening to the, the answer I would give her anyway. And I knew we were in an impossible situation. Anyone ever been there? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Nod, nodding heads. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know that feeling of, I've just hit a brick wall here. So, but what God was showing me is how much Jesus loved this woman and that what was coming out of her mouth was through, from the brokenness of her heart. Right? People are broken, are hurting, they are angry, depressed, despairing in hopelessness. And you have a solution. And don't take that as, so what I'm doing is this, I'm driving down the road. Remember, the miracle question is like the markers are, I'm driving down the road, and as long as there's no stop signs, I'm going to keep, go, keep driving, all right? Keep on track. Keep to, the, keep to the questions. They're just tools to keep you on track. No stop signs. She's angry with me, but it's not a stop sign. It's not, if someone's angry with you, that's fine. If they say to you, I do not want to hear another word from your mouth, go away. That is a stop sign, all right? Okay. So no stop signs. She's angry with me. And I don't know where to go from here, but I'm driving as much as I can. And so here's a, here's a prayer that I've learned. I want to teach you when you're in a situation like this. Okay, the prayer goes like this. Help. Right? That's a really good prayer to pray. Okay, so when you're stuck, remember you're, you're listening on a couple of you. Li I'm listening to her. I know there's pain in her heart, but I'm listening to another. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I said, Lord, anything. I will clutch at straws. Any, just give me something, Lord. So, um, and honestly, I had nothing. So I'm, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, inwardly praying, and say, Lord, show me something. Do something, Lord, please. So, and then I get a glimpse of, it's a straw going by, and I clutch at this straw. I said, one of you has a painful back. Who is it? Right. Now, I may completely have been guessing, but I felt this hunch, and it, was, and it was, I felt, from the Holy Spirit. So I threw it out there by faith. That's all I had. It was my straw going by. And I was going. <laughs> and the brother smiled, and he said, she has. <laughs> she has a trapped nerve in her back. <laughs> and he's smiling. He says, she's got a trapped nerve in her back. And I thought, brilliant. I said, listen, there's, you know that bench, that's our town hall we've got these granite benches. Would you, would you mind going and sit on that bench and allow me to pray for you? Because we've seen many people sit on that bench and Jesus has healed them. And I really believe if you sit on that bench and let me pray for you, he wants to heal you because he wants to show you that he's a real, alive, and that he loves you. And she went, nope, not going to do it. I said, God does not exist. And even if I did go and sit on the bench, nothing will happen, right? She's still in un total unbelief, right? So I've not hit another brick wall. I thought, oh, great. I thought I was getting somewhere there. I said, so I, so I, I, I'm going to teach you my next best prayer when you get in a situation like that. It goes, help. <laughs> and then the Lord gives me this story. <laughs> Just pops into my head. So I begin to tell the story of this up-and-coming boxer in Northern Ireland who had six years previously had a car accident, had injured his leg. He was, a, he was going to turn professional, but it put his, him out of a career. And honestly, this man would walk around town 
with a, it looked like a chip on his shoulder with a, an air of violence. His fists would be clenched and he would look like this as he walked through the town with a look that said, if you even glance at me, I'm going to knock you out. Have you ever met someone like that? So we saw this man in the gym. We thought, Jesus wants this man. We're going to, we're going to you know, we're after him. So we met him in town. Because um, every time we want to share Jesus, he would just run away. But we managed to to pray for him. And so I'm telling a story of how we prayed for this, this boxer. And he sat on this bench that I was, this granite bench that I was pointing at. He sat there. And I said, okay, sit there. Let me have a look at your legs. And I, I lifted his legs up. And I said, look, can you see that one of your legs is shorter than the other? And he's complaining. He's saying, well, that's not the problem. Right? I said, I know. I, you know, it's okay. Just, but can you see? You've got one leg short. He said, yeah, I can see that. He had a also had a, when he broke his leg in the, in the, in the um, car accident, he had a screw in his knee. He had a problem where he had called drop foot, where he wasn't able to lift his foot up. Okay, he couldn't lift his toes off the ground with his heel on the ground. He wasn't able to do that. He said, but that's not the problem he was going. I'm, I'm looking at his leg. I said, I know, can, but can you see one leg short? He says, yes, but that's not the problem. He said, hold on a moment. Let me just, can I just quickly pray for you? So I prayed, and his shorter leg began to grow out. He said, but, but that's not the problem he went. That's not the problem. What I can't do is this. And his toe came off the ground, and he yelled out. The air went blue, reverberated around the town. He jumped to his feet. <laughs> jumped to his feet, and he's looking at me like that. I said, so Jesus has healed you. He says, I have not been able to do that in six years. It's not completely healed, but I've not been able to do that in six years. So hold on a moment. I said, I bent down. I just touched his foot. I said, be healed in the name of Jesus. I said, try it now. His foot went right up. He shouted out again. <laughs> the air went blue, and this boxer began to hug me in the street, bear hug in the street. As I shared this story, the brother and the sister who were listening to the story said, I know that man. I heard his story. Turned to his sister, you've got to sit on that bench. <laughs> and he begins to coax. He coaxes his, his sister over to the bench. And reluctantly, she allows me to pray for her. I said, would you mind if I do the same thing? I lifted her legs up. I, look, I said, look, one of your legs is shorter. The brother says, your leg is shorter. She goes, no, it's not. <laughs> I said, hold on, let me just pray. I'm going to ask Jesus to, to heal you. So I begin to pray. Her leg is growing out. The brother said, your leg is growing out. She said, no, it's not. He's pulling my leg. <laughs> All right. Finish praying. She gets up. She refuses to, to admit that anything had happened to her. Okay? No, no stop signs. We're still going down the road, still driving. Um, she refuses to admit that anything had happened to her. But as we're talking, she now offers up some information that I had not. She then shares that she's, she has arthritis. She's about 28, 29 years of age. I said, could I also pray for you that Jesus would also heal you of your arthritis? And she doesn't argue with me. I said, can I just take, so I, I asked, can I just hold your hand? I held her hand. And I begin to pray. And as I began to pray, and I took authority of the, of the arthritis, commanding arthritis to go, now I begin to hear the Holy Spirit. So you need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit as you pray for people. God will speak to you. This is the best way for all the gifts to flow. Even if you don't know how words of knowledge, the prof, uh, prophecy work, it, it works. It comes out of an overflow of a heart that is flowing with love. 
from Jesus. And as and if you will listen, the Holy Spirit will show you. And I began, the Lord began to show me as I was praying for her with my whole heart. The Lord began to show me. And I stopped and I said, I said to her, I feel that, you know, God has shown me something about your life that has affected you deeply. I said, I may be totally wrong. Can I just share this with you? She went, yeah, what is it? I said, but do you suffer with, and I call this night terrors. Now, I know what a nightmare is, and I would call a nightmare a nightmare. But I said to her, do you suffer with night terrors? Have you suffered with night terrors for, for many, many years? She looked at me in shock. said, how do you know that? I've had these night terrors. She calls them night terrors. For many years, in fact, they were so bad, I not only had, a, had to see a doctor, but I've had to go to hospital because of these night terrors. How do you know? Who told you that? I said, well, Jesus, I've told, I mean, I'm trying to share Jesus, share Jesus with you, that he's alive, that God is alive and real. He loves you, cares for you, and wants to reveal himself to you. He knows everything about you. She stares me in the eye. She says, if that's true, then tell me what happened to me. <laughs> Honestly, up until that moment, I had nothing. I was, every t I was clutching at straws every time. And in an instant, the Lord showed me and I said, a man tried to murder you when you were a young girl. She nearly fell over in shock. How do you know that? Who told you that? And I began to then share Jesus and I began to share the gospel with her. And now she did, doesn't argue, she, she listens very closely to the gospel. God loves you so much that he sent Jesus to purchase this gift for you. And the reason why this gift is so precious and costly, it costs him everything. He had to die on a cross in order to get you to God. Because heaven is totally unpolluted. So Jesus died for all the pollution in our lives, which the Bible calls sin. He died for our brokenness, our shame, our guilt. The things that separate us from God and stop us from having a relationship with him and ultimately getting to heaven. And, and I said, and now he's able to offer it to us, forgiveness of sins. And he stands at the door of your, of your heart and he's knocking. He's here right now. I said, would you be willing right now to open your heart up to Jesus, to God, and invite him in? And she went, yes. I began to lead her line by line, dear Lord Jesus. She went, dear Lord Jesus. I'm sorry for my sins, she repeated. I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Open the door of my heart to you. I open the door of my heart to you. I invite you to come into my life. I invite you to come into my life. I receive your love. I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your Holy Spirit. I receive your Holy Spirit. And I led in a very simple, a very, very simple prayer. I said, now I want to pray for you. And I began to pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Her legs began to shake. Her body began to shake. She says, please, enough, enough. Because she would have fallen under the power of God onto the streets. And what that showed me was that, and encouraged me so much, was that if a person who was in total unbelief in 40 minutes could go from unbelief into relationship with Jesus then a town in unbelief could come into faith of Jesus. A city in unbelief can come into faith of Jesus. And a nation in unbelief can come to faith. So you just need to, 
we're going to be going out onto the streets in a short while. Those of you that want to, of course, some of you obviously may not be able to. But we are going to go out and um, go out onto the streets, and we're going to put this into practice. So all you need to do is this. The first, the first one, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Find someone. Excuse me, can I ask you a question? And when they stop straight away, say to them, and don't stand too far away. Stay, stay at a reasonable distance to them, okay? You, you, you're in a conversation. If God could do a miracle for you, one miracle for you right now, what would you ask him to do for you? You're looking for some area you could pray for to show the love and the kindness of God and pray your best prayers. Now, if they say some, something like, well, my brother died um, six months ago and I want God to bring him back, what would you say to that? How would you answer someone like that? Well, okay, what's going on in his life? He's obviously grieving. So you always need, even if they, even if they ask something, which you know you really can't, so let's say, I want to win the lottery. That's a good one. Okay. So you want to get these kind of answers. I had that question. You did? I keep choosing the wrong numbers. Can you tell me what the numbers are? <laughs> so what I would do, let's say, for, let's say someone has a loved one's passed away. So they've, they've lost someone. That's close. I would say, can I just pray for you? So I don't, use, I don't say, oh, I really can't pray for that. I said, can I just pray for you? I began to pray from my heart. I want to pray from God's perspective that God loves this person. He is, the, he is you know, the God of all comfort. And I pray that God's peace would come and his comfort would surround this person, that would help him. And I begin to pray that God, would you come and help you know, obviously use his name as he's grieving for his brother. Lord, you're close to the brokenhearted and you save those who are crushed in spirit. Would you come and rescue him? Would you stand next to him? Would he feel your presence right now? Okay. And if someone's, you know, wants, wants to win the lottery, Father, would I pray for financial stability for this man. I pray that you would give him a better, either a better job or some way that, that you would provide for him and, and that he wouldn't be afraid because you supply everything for our family. And if, he's a, if he's afraid for his families and, you know, if they're in like, I pray that you would meet every single need that he has and for his family. Right? You just pray from God's perspective, or what, no matter what it is, but find something to pray for. And then step into the third question and, and, lead, and share the gospel. This may be the most difficult thing you'll do, but the gospel is the power of God for the salvation of anyone and everyone who believes. This works outside of Coleraine. Don't think, oh, this will only work in Coleraine. I've used this all over the world. It works. I've used it in restaurants. In America, there's a, a lawyer who absolutely, when I taught this, I taught this in a church, in a vineyard church in America, and he, this, this lawyer was there. He absolutely loves it. He uses it everywhere. In every restaurant he goes to, he's led so many waiters and waitresses to Jesus, right? And when I went to his church to um, launch healing on the streets, the pastor asked him whether or not he could speak on a Sunday before I came to prepare the way. And he thought he would just um, actually share the miracle question and teach the miracle question. I was going there to teach healing on the streets. So he was, going to he was going to teach the miracle question, share stories about the miracle question. His brother, who he had been trying to lead to Jesus for like 19 years, who always plays golf on a Sunday, heard that his brother 
was speaking in church and decided instead of playing golf that he would come. And so, he, so this lawyer is sharing the miracle question and um, actually goes all right the way through it and then comes to the end and says, Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking right now. And he wants a relationship with you. And if you'd be willing to open your life up to God to receive Jesus, would you please stand? And he spots his brother stand to receive Jesus. And you hear him in the recording choke up. He says, guys, I need some help here. As he's choked up, he can't go any further. And they, and they lead his brother to Jesus. Absolutely wonderful. So we're nearly there. We've got five minutes. So what I want you to do... So the first question is, if God could do a miracle in your life, or if you could answer one prayer for you personally, what would you ask him to do for you? Right, and then, you, and then try and find something you could pray, and then say, can I just quickly pray for you? Right, don't be religious about it. Yep, you don't have to change your posture. When you, and, and you just say, can I just quickly pray for you that God will answer that prayer? And just pray your best prayer. Right, don't have to change your posture. Don't have to close your eyes. Don't have to lay hands on them. Could be anything. If you feel you have to lay hands, lay your hands on them. But when you finish praying, straight away ask them the, sec the third question. Now, what do you think would be the greatest miracle that God could ever do for you? Well, that was a miracle, but there's a there's a greater miracle. Okay, there's a there's a, a greater miracle than what than what I believe God has just done for you there. Okay. Well, what's that? Well, I believe He's actually done it for you, but it's in the form of a gift but it's a very precious and it's a costly gift. And the free gift of God for you is eternal life. Have you ever received that gift? They might go into another Absolutely. They may do. And they may, show, they may give you other things which you can pray for. So can I just quickly pray for, that, for you? And then one, once you pray, then you can say to them, can I share with you what I believe is the greatest miracle that God could ever do for you? Do you know what I mean? So you're always trying to, you're, you're trying to stay on track and you're trying to bring them into a place where you can share Jesus. Now, this means, and it doesn't matter, if you only get to praying for them for one thing and, you, and they go and you don't ever get to share the gospel, it's okay, don't worry, because this is like we're, begin, we're learner, learner drivers, okay? So don't worry about it. So just, but what you'll find, in Coleraine, we have done this where I, someone came and they said to me, this is the sixth time someone's, you know, I've been asked this question. I said, really? That's great. And, and did, did they pray for you for these things? Yeah, yeah. And did God answer those questions? Yeah, it's amazing. And did they ask you this question? And the sixth time, the sixth time this person then heard the gospel for the sixth time and opened their life to Jesus. So, so but you're leaving them in a place of faith. You're leaving them in a good place. All right. They're just simple questions to begin to engage in conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got we've got packs. We're going to give it to you in a moment. So we're going to cover that. And then any other questions? Just, just quickly. We've got this a whole hour's more in-depth teaching <laughs> on DVD. So you can get it from our website, HealingOnTheStreets.com, if you want to learn more. You know, I'm sure there's lots I've missed out. But any questions? Yes. Yeah. And then if you're then you're saying to someone, if you could ask God for a prayer right now or a miracle, what would it be to 
Yeah. So then I would say, hey, well, that's fine. That's, that's okay. Um, but let's say for, just for the sake of conversation, there is a God who loves you and wants to help you. Just for the sake of conversation. Right now, there is a God. What would you ask him? Let's just say. Okay? And as long as, as, long as there's no... Just because someone doesn't believe in God, that's fine. So one person said to me, um, Mark, well, he said to me, actually, I've got to tell you this. Uh, my, my parents took me to church. I, you know, and I've never really experienced God. And I've come to the conclusion that God doesn't exist. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, just, just for conversation's sake, let's just say God exists. He does exist. And he wants to make himself known to you. Um, what would you ask him? If you could ask him one question, or not, you know, he could answer one prayer for you, what would it be? He said, well, that's easy. I would ask God to make himself known to me now. I said, well, great. Could I pray for you that God would do that, make himself known to you right now? Because any opportunity, if you pray, prayer is just a wonderful way of introducing a person to Jesus. And he went, okay. I said, could I put my hand over your chest? I put it over his heart. I begin to pray for him. Now, as I'm praying, I mean, what I want to do is inv I'm inviting the Holy Spirit of God to rest on him. Okay? I sense the presence of God resting on him. I have some words of knowledge for him as, as regarding his relationship with his father. Then I begin to show him um, his heavenly father, how he is looking um, at him and what he feels towards him. And I begin to pray that in. And then I said, and now Lord Jesus. And I could see this man, was, this young man, was coming under the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. I said, now Lord Jesus, would you knock on Michael's heart? And suddenly his, I could feel his heart behind my hand go, and he goes, whoa, 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 what's that, what's that? I said, that's Jesus knocking the door of your heart. Can you feel him? He said, yes, yeah. I said, now, Lord Jesus, knock even louder. And he's like, he goes, whoa, whoa. He says, hold on, hold on. He says, oh, wait, 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 wait. I've got to sit down, I've got to sit down. <laughs> so the granite bench is outside the town hall. So he goes, he staggers like this towards the granite bench. He goes, he lies down and he's out. He's like a drunk man. And, he's, and honestly, he's splayed out like this, flat out on the, on the credit bench. And I thought, I'll just stand a little while, a little bemused, and think, oh, more, God, more, more. People are going, oh, these, you know, drunks. And, you know, was he on drugs or something? And then he, and then he, um, he eventually comes around, and he, and he staggers, pulls himself up, and he sticks his head between his knees. He's there for another 10, 15 minutes like that, and he sticks his head, his head up and says, he said, I've never experienced that ever in my life. And with that, I left him because he knew the gospel. And um, I, I think I went to France then, and then I was in France and Switzerland. And when I returned, I was in time for a Sunday evening service. And there was Michael. He said, Mark, I didn't want your friends to tell you on social media, but I came to church on the Sunday and I've opened my heart up to Jesus because of that experience. And you never know, you're just leaving a little bit of kindness, goodness, his presence, his power. Anything can happen. Honestly, pray your best prayers. Pray, pray, pray a prayer that reveals the greatness of our God. And when you pray, the most incredible thing happens. You know, you feel, that, the Bible says this, that when we acknowledge 
Jesus before men, he will acknowledge us before our Father in heaven. And when you start to share Jesus in this way, the Father turns his face towards us. You begin to feel the face of the Father shining and we come alive. It is the most beautiful time. And when you're leading someone to Jesus, it is a sacred, it's a sacred moment. Right. I've gone way over that. We, we're going to practice on the streets for real. So would you like to come and share this?